Those who know must teach. African proverb. Many black people are afraid to think for themselves, they're scared to look at facts, so they never have to admit that they might be wrong. Many see what they want to see, and believe what they want to think and fight vigorously to defend those beliefs no matter how ridiculously absurd they may be. Usually, people have the right to believe whatever they choose to believe. However, there's an exception to this rule for the oppressed. The oppressed must gain a clear and accurate understanding of our plight and condition, because if our experiences are flawed, then all remedies that stem from those misunderstandings will also be inadequate. The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It is false knowledge. Because an ignorant person might continue to seek the truth, but those who believe that their false understandings are accurate, stop searching for the truth and therefore becomes mentally enslaved by the wrong knowledge. Thus all false knowledge accepted by the oppressed must be exposed and eradicated. Therefore those that know must teach. African proverb. Our condition has nothing to do with a slave syndrome myth. Black people are not suffering from slave syndrome. Willie Lynch never existed. The letter was written in 1970 by Dr. Kwabena Ashanti during modern times. That's why it appears so accurate. It is also why when experts examined the letter, they found it contained everyday words that are inconsistent with its 1,700 date. The letter is a fraudulent document. Furthermore, the Willie Lynch slave syndrome premise presents the least effective method for controlling generations of people. Moreover, the fact that we demonstrated black pride and unity during the 1960s than we presently do so now is proof that our condition has nothing to do with slavery. If it had, it would have lessened with each new generation as we moved further away from the era of slavery and not worsen as we've witnessed. It is a logical analysis. Furthermore, the same symptoms and behaviors that the Willie Lynch slave syndrome causes many claims among many black people who are not descendants of enslaved Africans, such as in Canada, the United Kingdom, and many other white-dominant societies. It is because the noted behaviors have absolutely nothing to do with the fictional Willie Lynch slave syndrome. Our plight as Africans throughout the diaspora has nothing to do with a brutally forced Bible upon our ancestors. Such a premise is stupid. The early white Christians only converted Africans into Christians to better control them. It is irrefutable because the early white Christians believed that Africans had no souls and that heaven was for whites only. They thought that the mere thought of African entering heaven was as sinful as a dog doing so. The early white Christians converted Africans into Christians to instill the myth of a white god into their subconscious minds. It creates a profound adoration towards whiteness, which is then subconsciously transferred towards white people, thus making Africans feel subservient. It made the Africans more compliant with white dominance over their lives and better slaves for Caucasians. The Bible has remained a very effective tool used for controlling generations of black people. Christianity million black people brainwashed to believe that all of the wrongs whites have done to them throughout history have been washed and cleansed by the blood of a fictional white Jesus. Note, whites never actually repented for their evil deeds committed against black people. They merely insisted that black people, as good Christians, forgive them as their doctrine teaches. Forced black people to become Christians, and then its doctrine was used to compel them to forgive whites for all the brutalities afflicted by them by white Christians. Furthermore, Teaching black people that a white god sent down his white son to earth to die for them makes millions of black people feel indebted towards whites. Christianity has proven itself as being history's most successful propaganda tool used for controlling black people. That was the case. Today many black Christians Christianity practice defending their beliefs in the Bible by insisting that in Ethiopia. However, this is untrue. The fact is that Christianity did not become the official religion of Ethiopia until the reign of King Azana in 341 AD that's 16 years after the Romans created the false belief. The Bible writing, 
and the Christian religion began, by Constantine, the Roman Emperor, and the Council of Bishops in 325 AD the Romans were an immoral society that routinely engaged in massive orgies, pedophilia, wife-swapping, incest, bestiality, and death sports. They continued these practices even after writing the Bible. The Roman Emperor Constantine was in charge of the writing of the Bible. He refused to convert into a Christian even while upon his deathbed. The Bible was also brutally forced upon our ancestors by the ungodly enslavers that raped, maimed, tortured, and murdered them. All of these noted facts combined with the fact that the Bible strongly condones slavery disqualifies it from being the valid words of God. Here is the truth of our plight and condition. To control people, you must negatively control what they think about themselves and how they regard their history and culture. Once they've been made ashamed of themselves and their culture, you no longer need chains to hold them. Dr. John Henry Clark Because white oppressive forces control our media images and write all of our societal narratives, they've conditioned us to perceive ourselves through a false marginalized identity that aids them in maintaining their white social dominance over us. It's why they miseducate us to believe that we have no significant history and start our history at slavery. It's also why to withhold all black affirming facts from us during our educational development. It's also why they negatively distort how we see Africa and why they subject us to receiving only the fraudulent worst narratives about ourselves within their media. The truth of our plight and condition. The job of the conscious is to make the unconscious aware. By Stokely Carmichael. The truth of our plight and condition is that black people are controlled by unrelenting negative black racially devaluing and demoralizing propaganda systematically deployed against us by white propagandists. It's a system of control that utilizes the immense power that shame has upon the human mind to enslave millions of black people mentally. The reason. In 1968 white social scientists determined that decades unprecedented unified black protest was caused by a high and unifying black collective self-esteem brought on by the emergence of the black pride movement. They also learned that while the white oppressors, utilizing their weaponry advantage of guns and cannons, can invade and enslave Africans, they cannot sustain peace indefinitely with Africans unless methods are put in place to maintain peace and stability. Oppressed people for long durations, their collective aggressions towards their oppressors will continue to grow until acts of massive rebellion become inevitable. The always oppressed eventually rebel against their oppressors. Persecution is an innate response within the collective human psyche whenever people for long durations. It is what was happening amongst African Americans during the 1960s. White social scientists determined they could subdue unified black protest by keeping the black masses collective self-esteem shallow. And by keeping the collective aggressions of the black groups shifted away from the oppressive white society and kept redirected inward against ourselves. They achieved both of these objectives by keeping black people believing the fraudulent worst narratives about themselves. They are efficiently controlling people by the narrative they routinely receive about themselves, constantly inundated people with positive reports about themselves, which raises their self-esteem and unifies and inspires them. However, if bombarded people continuously with fraudulent negative narratives about themselves, the opposite happens. This nefarious psychological warfare tactic works by tapping into the immense power of shame on the human mind to enslave millions of black people mentally. It creates self-hatred and disunity, which attacks the core foundation of what bonds a people. Remove a people's self-love and unity, ruled over indefinitely. This latter example is precisely what white oppressive forces are doing to black people. Here's a basic example of how this psychological warfare tactic works. Imagine a crew was out at sea aboard their very own well-functioning ship, and that their boat followed by a second ship. A second ship constantly broadcasts derogatory messages to the first ship's crew. Such statements told them that their ship was lesser, not seaworthy, perhaps slowly sinking, 
or that their crew was incompetent. With time, the crew constantly receives negative, derogatory messages about themselves, being unable to refute nor confirm them, will grow weary, paranoid, and eventually accept their negative assessments. Distrust will ultimately cause the targeted crew themselves to doubt their abilities and self-hate. The taunted crew may become besieged by deep feelings of inadequacy and resentment towards their fellow crew members. They may jump into the sea and attempt to swim towards the taunting ship, now believing it to be superior to their craft, even if their boat was better. The entire process is accomplished by constantly inundating the ship's crew by damaging, demoralized disinformation about themselves. Its weapon was the negative messages and the way that they negatively affected the targeted team. It is a process to erode the morale of the targeted population through constant demoralization. By destroying confidence, it can even prevent the will to fight. It's very effective. Constantly inundated no group with damaging demoralizing misinformation about themselves and not suffer some adverse effect. Within a real-world setting, this same demoralizing divide and rule psychological warfare tactic is being deployed against black populations by white oppressive forces through the white media. The white media's unrelenting negative depictions of black people, which amplifies the negative to the point that it distorts reality is much more than just biased media reporting. It is a covert, insidious demoralizing divide-and-conquer psychological warfare campaign. There are three ways to manipulate the human mind effectively, taught what we see and what we hear. Demoralize divide-and-conquer is the method of maintaining control over a targeted population. Through constant and unrelenting demoralization to create self-hate and division between them. The white society controls the education taught, the media images we see, and the societal narratives that we hear. These combined factors allow them to shrewdly indoctrinate black self-contemptuous and divisive thoughts into the collective minds of millions of black people without most even knowing it. This deplored system is like a massive media marketing campaign. That constantly subjects black people to seeing only the fraudulent worst within themselves. The fraudulent black racially demoralized propaganda system is pumped unrelenting into the unsuspecting minds of black populations without being challenged or counterbalanced by an equal amount of black positive racially affirming information. It conveys the subliminal message that black people are their own worst enemy and therefore need whites to govern their lives. Moreover, that black people should admire, respect, and trust only whites. This system is highly effective because it can be challenging to resist implied propaganda programming when black people have repetitively presented these noted narratives from trusted white media sources. When told the propaganda daily and so unrelenting, its weapon is the demoralizing message that it carries and how it adversely affects the black population in terms of their behavior. With time, being unable to refute the constant negative information about themselves, many black people eventually accept them. Many black people then experience profound humiliation and ask themselves why we can't get our act together. This unrelenting humiliation causes many black people to become demoralized, divided, self-loathing, and resentful towards their racial group. In the most extreme cases, many will even attempt to disassociate themselves from all other black people. Psychologists calls this disassociation. It's a defense mechanism that evolves from putting a distance between themselves and from the pain. Some will make it their mission to go out of their way to show white people that we're not all bad. Throughout history, the oppressor's depiction of the oppressed has never been a true one. It's always a false negative distortion that serves the oppressor's nefarious agendas. This control system prevents black unified protest by lowering the black masses' collective self-esteem, shifting our collective aggressions away from the oppressive white society, and redirecting it inward against ourselves. Those black people who do not think critically and question the validity of all information constantly fed into their minds from entirely white sources is done to them are never noticed. It is all possible because people are like computers.
all you have to do is keep giving them specific information every so often, and you can persuade an entire generation towards an implied objective. It doesn't matter if the information presented is untrue. Given most black people will act upon it because they have all the same misinformation about themselves. The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as excellent as its information. If it's possible to control the input into the human mind, no matter how intelligent a person may be, it is entirely possible to maintain what he will think. This psychological warfare system provides white societies with a more proficient method for controlling black populations. Unlike the past blatant racist plans that black people were quickly able to identify and therefore develop counter-strategies against, this system is not easily recognized nor comprehended by many of its black victims. This psychological warfare program works so well that it makes black people more compliant with white dominance over their lives. It makes many even prefer it. It is at the root of the profound division and self-hatred now afflicting so many black people and is at the heart of internalized feelings of superiority that many whites possess. To hold a people in oppression, you have to convince them that they are wretched of the society and therefore oppressed. John Henry Clark. The oppressed will always believe the, fraudulent worse about themselves Franz Fanon. They began this black demoralization programming of our minds during our early educational development. Education is much more than developing students' cognitive abilities in math, language, and science, it is the process of imparting information, knowledge, and values, which best enable students to realize their highest potential. Studies show that how children behave is greatly influenced to believe in themselves. Therefore children must be taught of the many contributions made by their particular group. Thus, an educational setting that properly nurtures the aspirations and potential includes the many contributions of the child's specific race or group. It is a basic human need, and it is the basis that children use as a point of reference for their potential. Students can then reference these messages about their particular group to acquire their self-images and assess their potential and capabilities concerning these messages. It is vital for children living under challenging circumstances to know about and identify with members of their group who can help them feel good about being members of the same group. It deliberately withheld basic human needs from black students during their educational development. The white educational system's failure to adequately provide black students with a racially affirming curriculum as it routinely does for white students is essential for maintaining white dominance. Because for a ruling class to keep its position of social power over its oppressed population, they must condition the oppressed from a very early age to accept their subordinate status and adhere to the authority of the dominant society. To do so, the education given to the oppressed, from the time that their minds are young and most impressionable must be the type that denies them of a racially and culturally affirming curriculum. When rejected the oppressed population of fully racially and culturally confirming education, even the brightest among them may have little, if any, the hope of mentally extracting themselves from their assigned low, dominated position in life. Being used media social engineering is also to steer black culture negatively. The narratives that we African Americans made the N-word ours and that using it now empowers us are both lies created by white propagandists to keep us from learning the truth. Those false narratives are believed and repeated by ignorant, naive, and gullible, therefore are usually the easiest victims of the white oppressor's fraudulent propaganda campaigns. White oppressive forces socialized us to self-identify ourselves as niggers through the hidden science known as negative media social engineering. Because they control our media images, they're able to steer our culture covertly negatively. By socializing us to self-identify ourselves as niggers they've conditioned us to perceive ourselves through a false marginalized identity that aids them in maintaining their white dominance over us. Most people naively believe that the media reflects our reality, but in truth, we more often imitate what we see and learn from the media.
A group's identity is powerfully shaped by how they repeatedly see themselves depicted in the media. People often become those derogatory media depictions of themselves that they accept as being their reality. It's an actual science known as media social engineering. Whoever controls a people's media images controls their culture. Allen Ginsberg Because the white society controls the media images of African Americans, this fact allows white social scientists and propaganda designers to steer black culture negatively. Their ability to guide black culture through media social engineering is compelling. Suppose these white men wanted black youths to start walking around every day with a yellow afro comb in their left rear pockets. In that case, all they would have to do is place that image in several rap music videos, movies, and TV shows depicted as very cool and trendy. In doing so, our black youths would then see the image, imitate it, and then adopt it as being of their own making although it is not. The style and behavior learned from what they saw in the media, secretly created by white media social engineering scientists and propaganda designers. When these white social engineering scientists create trends and customs for black youths to imitate, they deliberately create those that get our black children acting and dressing as caricatures that reinforce resentment and anti-black prejudicial perceptions. Moreover, those images reinforce many negative and racist stereotypes about black people. Black youths become the caricatures of the derogatory images and stereotypes they accept. White oppressive forces are negatively steering the African-American culture. Case in point. Black sagging is the result of negative white media social engineering. Some African-Americans insist that sagging started with slavery untrue. It was not. If it had, the style would have been prevalent throughout the many years that followed slavery. The type didn't exist on a national scale until the early 1990s. Furthermore, if slaves were sagging, this would have severely reduced their productivity because a slave couldn't pick much cotton while holding up his pants. The white enslavers would also never allow a slave to sag because this creates the possibility of their wives and daughters seeing the African's larger penis. So when you critically think and observe all the facts as they were, it becomes clear that sagging did not come from slavery. The sagging phenomenon is not the result of the prison industry, where most prisons have a heavily enforced dress code requiring prisoners to wear Velcro belts. Furthermore, if men engage in homosexual behavior while incarcerated, most do not return to their communities and families, flaunting that fact. Most will conceal any customs or behaviors associated with the practice. When you're ignorant, nonsense makes perfect sense. Furthermore, that prison-to-the-street theory is not how the creation of national trends. For something to thing to become a trend requires concerted efforts of media marketing. Deliberately achieve the style of sagging by white hostile media social engineering of the African-American culture. Place the sagging style in movies and music videos depicted as cool and trendy, and then millions of black youths merely imitated their style. It isn't some feeble-minded attempt at scapegoating that wrongly blames white people for absolving ourselves of our responsibilities. It's the absolute truth. They're waging a covert war against African Americans that most don't understand. Stripped African Americans of our true identity and culture during the enslavement of our ancestors were therefore more susceptible to media social engineering. The nigger programming. The valid reason millions of African Americans now self-identify themselves as niggers is also a true testament to the immense power of social engineering of white negative media. Although this Nhashgar programming is now routinely deployed through the white-controlled hip-hop music industry, that industry merely reinforces earlier programming. The nigger terminology was initially indoctrinated into the African-American culture many decades ago, long before creating the hip-hop music industry. Originally done so by using the movie industry. Most people think that movies are nothing just for entertainment. That never was the case, the most powerful social messages promoted through movies. 
social norms promoted through films can influence the way of thinking and the cognitive map of the populated audience. When using logic and facts in a normal conversation, your guard is naturally up, watching a movie. There's no debate. Your guard is down. The sensor part of your brain is not in action. It isn't saying yes, I agree with this, or I disagree with that as you would in a debate or a conversation, completely downloaded in an alpha state with ideas and images. To convince millions of black movie watchers during the late 60s and early 70s that they were niggers used a programming system. Until the mid-1960s, the word Hashker was viewed unfavorably by most African Americans. That era's generation of African Americans experienced dehumanizing segregation, and many also had great-grandparents born during slavery. Therefore, they knew intimately well the brutality and degradation that often accompanied the ugly taunts of the word nigger. Therefore, usually forbidden the usage of the word within many African-American homes and deemed it a profoundly offensive word. The word nigger became more accepted among African-Americans during the late 60s and early 70s as the popularity of blaxploitation films grew. Blaxploitation is a term coined in the early 1970s to refer to black films aimed at black audiences. Featured African-American actors in lead roles, the movie frequently depicted stereotypical characterization and glorification of violence. That era's black exploitation films first taught African-American youths on a national level that it was an excellent and trendy term of endearment to call themselves nigger. Those films, written, directed, and produced by white people, hired black actors to shuck and jive and repeatedly called themselves Hashker. This Hashker indoctrinating process was repeated and reinforced countless times and many times within many blaxploitation films. Here's a list of just a few of those movies, The Black Klansman, 1966, Black Like Me, 1964, Black Lolita, 1975, Black Mama White Mama, 1973, Black Rage, 1972, Scream Blackula Scream, 1973, Shaft, 1971, Shaft in Africa, 1973, Shaft's Big Score, 1972, Sheba, Baby, 1975, etc. Within each of these films, Produced by white movie studios, black actors routinely called each other niggers. Some of these films also blatantly included the word Hashker in their titles, such as Boss Nigger, 1975, Run and Hashker Run, 1974, and The Soul of Nigger Charlie, 1973, etc. Many African-American audiences received those blacks' exploitive films well because they provided them with cinematic black heroes on the silver screen and a portrayal unseen in most Hollywood pictures before that time. Therefore, African Americans flocked to the theaters in droves to see themselves as heroes represented on the big screen. Many black audiences, believing that those fictional movie characters were authentic, accurate representations of their group as a collective whole, began imitating what they saw in the movies this included self-identifying themselves as niggers. Socially engineered through this system, millions of black people perceive themselves as niggers. They did this because words do have power. Words affect how we function. Words put a spell upon your subconscious mind. We serve based on the comments we assign to ourselves. Why women often proclaim themselves as being bitches often become stubbornly unreasonable. It's also why men who reveal themselves as thugs are more likely to engage in a fight than avoid it. It is a psychological phenomenon that white social engineering scientists have thoroughly researched. We also treat others based on the words we assign to them. When we call others by negative words, we dehumanize them, making it easier to mistreat them. Case in point. During the Vietnam War, to ease the American soldiers' anxieties about torturing and killing the Vietnamese soldiers, they were taught to refer to them as chinks, hooks, and kongs. It dehumanized them and made it easier to kill and torture them. 
it is also why men that refer to women as bitches, and hosts have a higher tendency to mistreat them. These noted factors are why white oppressive forces socially engineered millions of African Americans to self-identify and call each other in hashkers. Through negative media social engineering, white oppressive forces have placed an elaborate harmful spell upon the subconscious minds of millions of African Americans with the word nigger. Filled the white prison industry with black men programmed to believe that they're real niggas. White social engineering scientists deliberated programmed millions of black people to think that they're n-hashkers to achieve this plan. White oppressive forces secretly perceive black rappers as useful idiots. In addition to making lots of money by exploiting them, they use them to steer black culture negatively. And they use them to vilify and criminalize African Americans' image, which makes the white societies, justice systems, mistreatments of its black population appear as always justifiable. Because most black rappers have never heard about the science of negative media social engineering, most people have not, they're therefore unaware of the actual damages that they're doing to their people and culture. White oppressive forces are exploiting their ignorance to the detriment of their people. It is not some feeble-minded premise, nor is it some silly conspiracy theory. It's the truth that hides from you. Media social engineering is a covert, well-crafted system of control that allows the white ruling class to control the masses and targeted populations. The white media has always represented a tyranny of the white society's power over black people. Many African Americans are now saying we should call ourselves Negus because it's an ancient Ethiopian word meaning king. To believe that this is an incredible coincidence is highly naive. There are over 2,000 languages in Africa. And each one of them has at least three words that mean king, don't you, therefore, find it suspicious that the only word spread throughout our black communities is the word Negus the one word that happens to sound precisely like niggers? The word negus is being deliberately propagated into our black communities to serve a particular plan. The truth about negus. Socially engineered millions of African Americans to call themselves niggers by white oppressive forces. Done because negative words cast damaging spells upon the subconscious mind. Calling ourselves niggers subconsciously assigns us to an inherent subordinate status within the white society. We also dehumanize each other when calling ourselves niggers. It makes it easier to mistreat and even kill each other. The word negus is misused to keep African Americans functioning under the adverse effects of the original N-word, because the subconscious mind doesn't see the different spelling. Human behavior initially developed noted methods of control at the Tavistock Institute. The Tavistock Institute of Human Behavior is the largest mass manipulation organization in the world. It is the world's center for mass brainwashing and social engineering activities. It grew from its beginning at Wellington House into a sophisticated organization that was to shape the destiny of the entire planet, and in the process, change the paradigm of modern society. With connections to U.S. research institutes and think tanks, the Tavistock has an extensive reach. Today, the Tavistock Institute of Human Behavior is known as the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations because this sounds less ominous. A founding architect of the mass manipulations tactics used by the Tavistock was Edward Bernays. Regarded Bernays, the father of mass manipulation warfare. The Tavistock Institute has praised Bernays as being its greatest prophet. Bernays was the first mass manipulation expert that used his uncle Sigmund Freud's study of the human mind to develop tactics for controlling the minds of large populations. He was the mass manipulation expert who permanently impressed the ruling white elites with the potential of large-scale propaganda to influence public opinion, appointed Bernays as an advisor to several U.S. presidents from Woodrow Wilson to Eisenhower. In his 1928 book Propaganda, Bernays wrote that if we understand the mechanism and motives of a group mind, it is now possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without them knowing it. Bernays further stated, the human mind is like a computer. 
No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as excellent as its information. If it's possible to control the input into the human mind, then no matter how intelligent a person may be, it is entirely possible to maintain what they think. It is not some feeble-minded premise, nor is it some silly conspiracy theory. It's the truth that hides from you. Media social engineering is a covert, well-crafted system of control that allows the white ruling class to control the masses and targeted populations. The white media has always represented a tyranny of the white society's power over black people. The valid name of this infamous system remains classified. So we appropriately named it, the Black People's Matrix. Those that know the truth must teach. African Proverb Please wake up.